Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. What it do? We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts Cast and on Instagram at Colts Cast. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us. Polls we run, exciting highlight videos, training camp videos, which we just posted, and anything in between. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter. Thank you to everybody for getting us to over 300 followers. I knew you guys yes. would do it. Appreciate it. And at the Colts Cast on Instagram, we're trying to build that up as well, but. You know, we we really be on Twitter. Jamal, I got a question for you. What's up? Indianapolis Colts content, are you ready? Man, I'm ready. That's my Yoda version. (laughs) Look, on today's episode, we're going to get into some more training camp content. You know, volume two, let you know what the Colts cast thought, observations. Oh, we're going to talk about those videos too. But, Mm. Jamal, before we get into training camp. Yeah. (sighs) I want to discuss the recent anonymous criticism of a few black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very frustrating to see these things. It just irritates me how people are so quick to say, because I, I was looking in some of the comments on social media. Why do we always have to make it about race? That's all you guys talk about. Well, it's because there's still racism just flowing throughout this country we live in. And it's not blatant racism that I see. It's the stuff that's said behind closed doors. So <laughs> you dig into what they said a little deeper, these these NFL coaches and execs, they would not have said these things publicly about Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. What do you think? You think they would have said that? Nah. Yeah, so it's it's what's behind closed doors that concerns me. So if if you guys don't know, what they said about Patrick Mahomes was, and I quote, We love Mahomes because of his unorthodox throws, not because of his natural pocket presence. And when that disappears, that is when they lose games. I don't think that is a one. I think that is a two. Nothing against the guy. I love the kid. But take his first read away, and what does he do? He runs, he scrambles, and he plays street ball. Yo, what what is street ball? (laughs) What does that mean? I had no idea. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. Type of type of criticism. That's what it sounds like. Patrick Mahomes resorts to street ball after his first read. You know. (laughs) So I found out that's not true, because according to ESPN, since 2018, when Mahomes is in the pocket, he is ranked first in touchdown percentage, first in first down percentage, and second in passer rating, only behind Aaron Rodgers. That's all in the pocket. But no, he plays street ball. So I, I don't know. I need a definition of what street ball is because I didn't know winning MVP in your first season as starter and throwing 50 touchdowns, leading your team to a 12-4 record was, you know, completely shutting down in the pocket. Pretty sure they made it to the, the AFC championship that year too. Oh, here's the one on Lamar Jackson. Oh, hold on. Before you before you get off that, just, just a quick reminder as well because they said take away his first read and then after that is when he typically loses games. So we're talking about someone whose record as a starter is 50 and 13. So there's only been 13 teams who've been able to take away his first read. That that, that doesn't really make sense to me. He just runs and scrambles and plays mm. street ball. Ah, uh, that's what it is. That's why he'll never be one of the great, the great gotcha. quarterbacks. Gotcha. That makes doesn't sense, have, I guess. Doesn't have a great 
pocket presence. He just interesting. First read, boom, he's out. Lamar Jackson, quote, if he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game, a defensive coordinator told Sanders. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's a really good football player, but I don't give a shit. If he wins the league MVP 12 times, I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. Another quote, so many games come down to two minutes, and this is why they have a hard time advancing even though they're good on defense. The defensive coordinator continues. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and he is just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It is hit or miss. Really? You're telling me if Lamar Jackson won the league, the NFL <laughs> MVP 12 times, we still have him as a tier two quarterback? Just wild. Because every quarterback who has more than two, pretty sure they're tier one. Peyton, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, we just go down the list. Oh, well, you named white quarterbacks, though. Mm. So it seems like everyone has their own definition of what an elite quarterback is supposed to do. Colts Nation, I, I, I need to remind everyone. What did Lamar Jackson do to us last year? Do you remember that game, Jamal? Oh, yeah. He led a 16-point fourth-quarter deficit. Is, is that not two minutes, Mr. Defensive Coordinator? I mean, that's, that's 12 full minutes, right? 15 minutes? I mean, sorry, I, I, just, I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's just about what black quarterbacks have to go through. Like, Michael Vick did his time. Mm-hmm. Still got scrutinized, even when coming back. Kyler Murray... I mean, they're going to hold this over his head if they lose a game, lose a playoff game about how he didn't watch film. I don't know. I just don't see this type of criticism. You do publicly about other quarterbacks, but you don't see these behind closed door comments about other quarterbacks of different skin color. So it's just really alarming. And I hope other fans out there just feel how I feel. So just wanted to talk about that a little. No, yeah. Good, I mean, good point. Like you said, the anonymous portion is what is what kills me the most because I, I'm all about I'm you know I'm all about criticism. If you're willing to come out and say it at a press conference or or whatever the case is, I I get it. I'm all for it because everyone can always get better and be can be critiqued on something. But like you see, you have to be holding on in your chest to to come out and say it anonymously and and because you knew it was going to stir up stuff and you just didn't care. You don't. Say- you wouldn't say that uh, oh, yeah. stuff no. publicly. No. You wouldn't because the whole world, probably not the whole world, a lot of people would come crashing down on you. For sure. But my bad. Let's get into some Indianapolis Colts content. That's what let's Colts Nation wants. Who do we want to start out with first? I guess let's start out with Michael Young Jr. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I know everyone saw that fire catch by him. That we posted on social media. Wild. Yeah. Incredible one-handed catch by the former Cincinnati Bearcat. Little 5'10", 194-pound slot receiver. He went undrafted. Um, we'll see what ha- what happens. I, I don't know. He might raise some eyebrows for the coaching staff. I didn't really oh, yeah. hear much about him, but that catch was really good. I know it was only one catch, but... I- it was a really good catch. Like yeah, that, it was a great catch. That's yeah. probably going to be one of the best catches we see all all training camp. Um, oh yeah, but one one great catch probably won't do it. Um, 
does that two or three times maybe, but let's just see what happens. You know, we got the roster cut deadlines coming up where they start slicing people off and I don't know, maybe he can make the 53 man roster. I know the wide receiver room is getting slimmer and slimmer by the day just because I'm projecting. I I already have four wide receivers projected that, that are like 99% cemented. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, Jamal, but that's where I am. Yeah. For sure. Alec Pierce, man. Alec Pierce, another one who looked good. I know last episode we kind of talked about his drop passes he had uh, and then kind of being nervous going against Gilly Lock. And we kind of did his welcome to the NFL thing. Oh, man, was firing all all cylinders out there. He was looking good. His routes looked great. Um, You know, when they were doing their just quarterback receiver drills, passing drills, they looked great. Then on the 7v7, the pass Skelly. All it good. Um, actually, I actually didn't see any passes he dropped. I'm not saying he didn't or didn't have any batted down, but the couple of the you know I caught as I was watching, trying to scan the field, he was catching them on you know underneath uh, across the middle. He caught he caught one on a straight drag. So they, he was looking good. He was looking really good. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, I, I think he maybe shook off a little bit of those nerves that he had, you know, from the first his first practice. Uh, so. That could be exciting to see, man. These Bearcats. It's the second, no, the second Bearcat we're talking about right now. So maybe they got some good work coming out of Cincinnati for us. A lot of Cincinnati players. Yeah, a lot of them. But yeah, Pierce was impressive Saturday. Um, you know, the one thing that was uh, a potential weakness for Alec Pierce, it was going up against press coverage. And you saw the video we posted. Mm, don't he had, he had no issues against. I think it was Marvel Tell the third on that slant route. Um, I don't know much about Tell, but Alec Pierce he ran that route smooth. He he got off of press coverage very quick. I mean, it looked really good. I, I that's one of the things that are so encouraging to see is these players who we we've read their weaknesses, we've read their strengths, and it, it's nice to see them just overcome those weaknesses that we thought oh, they yeah. had. So when you see this, it's really encouraging. But yeah, you you heard it back then, just like, oh, Alec Pierce is going to be a prime target for continuous press coverage. He's not. He's going to have a hard time beating press coverage, which he still might. Um, but it's nice to see him beat it in training camp. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. Me too. Yeah, you, speaking of liking what we're seeing, you know who else I like that's all out there? Who? Pierce Campbell. Tell me hey, about he, him. He was looking good, man. I saw, of course, again, same thing when he was going out for his, uh, you know, just quarterback receiver drills. He was catching everything. It was all nice and tight. He looked fluid running his routes. So I like to see that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of the uh, the team and the 11 on 11 stuff because basically what happened is we got there, you know, you sat down. And then after everyone sat down, like five minutes before practice started, they were like, by the way, here's what's going on field one. Here's what's going on field two course i was on field one so i kind of had to walk down to the other side and not you know some people were being rude standing in front of people who were sitting in the bleachers i wasn't trying to be that guy <laughs> so i was squatting down and see what was going on but it got so packed by the time it was ready for a team that i didn't get a chance to see that but uh i, I you know i saw excuse me i read a lot of stuff about him kind of being in his bag during the team sessions so good stuff and like i said his routes looked phenomenal when he was out there running he didn't really look hesitant uh during the seven on seven drills so he may be looking pretty good 
Yeah, it's starting to look like, and I know we said otherwise on other podcast episodes, but Paris Campbell might be the wide receiver too. Yeah, and I, hey, listen, man, like we said, shoot, I, I don't mind it. I hope so. I, I want a challenge. I want him to come out there and be healthy and play as hard as he can because if I ain't going to complain if we can have him at two and Pierce at three or flip-flopped, you know, not complaining about three healthy receivers at all, three healthy good receivers at that. Yeah, I saw he was he was out there mostly with the, the starters, like on mm-hmm. offense on most of the drills. Um Matt Ryan loves to throw over the middle of the field too. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Campbell dominate in space. So the connection between him and Matt Ryan is bound to be great. Um, I, uh, staying the obvious again, we need Campbell to stay healthy. I think we're going to yes. say that every time we bring Paris every Campbell's time. name up. But man, 15 games across three seasons is not a number I want to see ever again from him. Wanna I, I wanna hear he's gonna play a full season. It would be lovely. Oh yeah. And to round it out, Ashton Doolin. They're saying he's gonna take a leap this year. I saw him make a good catch uh in training camp uh Saturday. His role should increase this season, you know, with the departure of T. Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal. Mm-hmm. Vital component on special teams. So I mean he's already gonna have a big role, but I think he's probably going to be projected as the fourth wide receiver down our depth chart. So we'll definitely take that. Our wide receiver core. It, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, right it does now. look good. Yeah. I saw Mo Ali Cox. He, he tweaked his knee hoping it's mm-hmm. not a serious injury. I don't know if you saw that Jamal. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. I didn't see it happen. I, I did read about it, but yeah, I didn't see it happen. I think that was a collision that I think that was with him and Gilmore um, that happened mm-hmm. during team. So again, uh, one that I couldn't really see from my end where I was sitting at, but yeah, hopefully, like you said, he gets back in, uh, and feeling better, get that thing healed up. You know, it, we 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 don't want to have these big injuries. So take your time, no. get rested up. You know, get that get that physical therapy going on, so we can get back on the field. Especially not in training camp. I ugh, it'd be bad to have a freak injury right now. Oh yeah, man. Talk to me about the kicker spot. I know man. you got some good. I know you got some good news on that. Man, I wish I could have had some video on that. I should have had some because, first off, it was nice to see Blankenship back on the field, man. You know, we haven't seen him in a while. He set out, you know, for the back half of the season after that hip injury. So it was kind of refreshing to see him out there. But then I saw this other guy out there. And I was like, oh, is this who we talked about already? A young man by the name of Jake Verity? Oh, yeah. Man, listen, I saw that boot. 
And I know when we talked about him, you know, some of the scouting reports, you know, he wasn't the most accurate kicker. He has a big boot, but he's not that accurate. You know, that could be a flaw for him. I'm going to be straight up. I didn't see him miss one field goal. One. I didn't see him miss any attempt from 20, 30, 40, 50 plus. You lying. I I swear to you, he did not, (laughs) not see him miss a single one. A. The throw may be his for the taking. And the reason, and hear me out, because Blankenship was good. He looked good from within 25, 35 yarders, you know, just kind of a, I guess we call a chip shot field goal in the NFL. But he wasn't looking too hot once he got out that 40, 45, 50 yarder. And and they were short. Some of them were wide, you know. But then you see Verity, he was just boom, another one, boom, another one, boom, another one. And he just, I swear to you, it looked like he just got better as he just got warmer and warmer. They were just more fluid, high kicks, clearing the uprights the entire time. So, Blankenship, I mean, he, he's got he's got some work because he got he got some real competition out there. Verity was looking great. So Verity got next up. That's what you tell me. That, he's hey. taking the number one spot. That's that's what I'm thinking, bro. That's what I'm thinking. Because Blankenship hasn't really been amazing for us, right? Right. We can all admit right. that. He hasn't been awful. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been great. I would say he's done okay. Yeah. Blankenship, he's, he's 84% on field goal attempts, 94% on PATs in his two seasons with the Colts. That's That's okay. I was gonna say, I feel like that's kind of what's expected from you from a kicker. Yeah, like you're coming out and doing your job, but you want to see you want to see a kicker excel. I don't want to see a kicker. I know they moved the PATs back, but right, we don't need we 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 need extra. Those are like important because mm-hmm. if you miss your PAT and the the opposing offense comes back and scores, and then they make their PAT, they're winning the game. Games can be decided yeah. by one point. So, and, it, and we saw that happen a couple years ago when when uh, Adam Vinatieri, after you know, for the back half of the season, he was just missing extra points left and right, and that was the demise of us. I mean, we had games where we could have easily won, but we lost by three, we lost by four because we weren't hitting those extra points. Uh, so yeah, we they're they're clearly important. We we got to hit that kind of stuff. Yeah, you start missing extra points, and you got to. You got to go for a two-point conversion to catch up. Like, mm-hmm. come on. We don't need that. But, again, 84% on field goal attempts. I mean, that's nothing to write home about. It's also not flaming garbage, but like Frank Wright's already said, there's going to be competition at every spot almost, and, kick, and the kicker position is one of the spots. Mm-hmm. So, Rodrigo Blankenship is not cemented in as that number one kicker. So, that's good. Crane competition. Getting the best kicker there. Kicker's yes. important. Kicker, kicker is an important position. So if Jake Verity wins, I'll be happy. If Blankenship wins the position, I'll be happy. I just want to pick the best kicker. For sure. Is. For sure. Now, one thing I just want to give a shout out to kind of before we get into our next, before we get into like the running backs, I'm going to talk about them a little bit. I just want to say, man, it was crazy to see 7,000 fans out there just excited for some Colts football. JT came up and talked to the crowd. Frank Reich did as well as Matt Ryan gave a couple words. And just the energy that was out there, everyone was feeding off of it. All the players looked hype, excited. Um, and it was just, 
it was just a good a good film, man. It was a great film to see football's back, and we know now we're just ticking away at the clock day by day, waiting for it to happen. And I mentioned JT because after he came out for the speech, after they came out, he did his warm up drills. Man, I just could see some of the stuff they were out there doing. And not only did he look great, but the running back group as a whole looked really good. And and one person in particular that stood out for me out of our group, besides, of course, JT, uh, is Naheem Hines. But it wasn't what he was doing with the running backs. Dude was out there, Eric, and this slot just catching balls left and right all over the place. Every time I look, number 21, 21, 21, 21, 21. He was all over the place. Dang. And I got a feeling. I got a hunch, man. I mean, Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan likes him a lot because yeah. he was just willing and dealing everything to him that he could. I got a hunch. He may be he may be getting utilized a whole lot this year. That's what we passes. heard. There, there was yeah, rumblings Frank, about him line up in the slot more, and he was going to also yeah. take on a bigger role. So. And I, I think I think those rumblings were true because he looked I mean, he looked comfortable out there. And that was the best part. That's why I liked there was nothing where it was kind of shaky, where maybe he was hands were looking rough, soft hands, nice, nice short routes, catching the ball. And, you know, he has that freaking lightning speed. And once he catches it, he can just turn up field and go. So I'm excited to see him excited to see jt out there and i was watching this little interview with jt earlier and i'll have to look up a little bit more about this running back for us uh because i'm not sure if he'll actually make the um the roster but jt you know they were asking him about out of the backs him naheem philip who did he think is like the fat who's the fastest and and you know a really good one they have and he said oh none of us he said i think it's Devonte price Price was an undrafted rookie, 6'1", 210 pounds. He ran a 4'3", mm. 8", and 40. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I don't know that he'll make the cut for us, but I wish I would have known about him a little earlier because I would have liked to see him because JT is just like, dude, it's a lightning bolt, and and he could be you know a great asset for us as well. So, uh, like I said, I wish I would known about him before that, but just another little name we can maybe look out for if he does make the roster for us. Yeah, two things to note. I think our running backs coach, Scotty Montgomery, is going to have us right. Yeah, that's right last mm-hmm. season with what we needed in our run game. Um, So shout out to him. Uh, two, I'm starting to think a veteran wide receiver signing is looking very unlikely now. So, Agree. So giving Naheem Himes some slot runs and slot experience – if he lines up there, I, and then we got Doolin, we got Pierce, we got Michael mm. Pittman, we got mm. Campbell. I mean, maybe Desmond Patman or Mike Strawn make it. Maybe both to make it. I think we'll be okay. You know, I think so too. I think it makes sense. So whether they sign one or not, it's up to it's up to the coaching staff in the front office. But I I think we're looking we're looking pretty decent. Yeah. And you know what else is going to be up to the coaching staff? What's going to happen at this left tackle spot? Because O-line, when I was watching their uh, O-line and D-line drills, not going to lie, man, D-line was looking good. Mm-hmm. Grover was looking good. You know, we posted that video of Quiddy Pay uh, coming off the edge. He looked good. Corrected that eyesight. Man, I was out there balling a little bit. So he looked good. Um, and not every play for the lineman, for the offensive lineman, was a little shaky. But I did see Big Q get beat a couple times. Uh, saw Matt Pryor get beat a couple times. Um, 
saw Ryan um, get beat a couple times. So, and again, I know that's just, you know, it's just practice. They go against these guys every single day. And one thing I will, I will tell you out there, which I noticed, because so many players are slipping. The grass is really slick. I would like to see, I would have loved to see some of these O-line, D-line matches uh, on on some turf or just some grass that was dry because some of it wasn't fair. I'll admit that. You're getting bull rushed. And they were pass protecting at that. They weren't even, they weren't run blocking. So you're pass protecting, getting bull rushed. You can slip and slide a little bit out there. But I just want to give a quick shout out to the D-line because they, they look good. Um, but more importantly than D-line looking good is what's going to happen at this left tackle? Because I did see a little bit of, I did see Raymond do a couple reps as well as prior do a couple reps. And I would say they both looked about the same out there. Um, but again, they were pass blocking. I didn't, I didn't see them do the mm-hmm. run blocking. That's going to, that's what I want to see. I and I know we need to worry about pass blocking, but when you're pass blocking, as we talked about in that O-line episode, you're, you're not, you're not attacking, you know, you're, you're passive. You're you're absorbing every hit that comes at you, so it's a little bit of a different approach. When I when I think of that, I want to see who's going to come off the ball, hundred miles an hour, square up and get their hands locked in. Um, so I think the left tackle is still up in air. I I do think that coming into week one, uh, as kind as we talked about, Matt Pryor will probably still have that starting spot, but I, I think Raymond he, he has he has a great opportunity. And I wish I could have got a little more footage on them or some more footage in general on them uh, and get to see some one-on-one blocking. But I think I think there's a there's a chance Raymond can get in there and, and take over for that spot, man. Yeah. And again, training camp just started. Yeah. We'll get some more reps to see from Raymond and Pryor. Um, we also have a preseason game mm-hmm. coming up in, I think, two weeks. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah, that should be exciting to see because we we need to see a lot of these rookies, a lot, a lot of these um, second string, third string players, see what they're about, see what they can do, and I'm excited. Absolutely, but yeah, man. All in all, with like I said, every everything out there was exciting and fun. It was a little bit of a sensory overload just because it's been so long since so I had a chance to sit there and enjoy football, and you kind of forget that in practice. You know, well, I should say not forget, but like at least when I'm at the games, I have a chance to kind of see every position from afar. And I was that close up and close and personal. It was one of those things where I was looking over at the quarterbacks and I'm looking at the linemen and I'm looking at the receivers, trying to absorb it all. It was kind of a sensory overload, but it was a blast, man. I, I wish I could go back out there every day for the rest of camp, um, but it just got me really excited and really hyped. I didn't get a chance to, of course, because COVID, no one got a chance to go out there, even when when Wentz and those guys were out there. But, man, everybody's energy was just on 100. It didn't look like anybody was having a bad day out there. They were excited. They were hyped. They were pumped. And it just, I don't know, man, it just gave me a good feeling for what we got coming up this year. Making me jealous. <laughs> I, I wanted to be out there. I won't be able to. But I, I should make a game this year. Oh, it'll uh, get you up for a game for sure. Oh, yeah. And then 16 other regular season games I'll be watching mm-hmm. on my TV. I'll make oh, sure, I'll sure. Be, I'm watching every single game. Be plugged in. Well, that's going to do it for us, everybody. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. 
will actually be back on Thursday, a little one day closer this week, and we'll be taking off our Monday episode. So we'll have one episode next week, and we'll return back to our normal schedule the week after. So you guys take care. I'll see you Thursday. Have a good one. Yeah, we'll see you then.